all you who believed in Allah, death approach you all in the state of taqwa, only in the state of piety and righteousness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us all amongst the muttaqeen, amongst those whom live and die with piety and righteousness. Ameen Allahumma ameen. Beloved brothers and respected sisters, In the last few weeks, as many of you know and have heard and continue to watch of what's happening abroad in Palestine, and you find many of our Muslim brothers and sisters whom are reacting to that which has taken place. And I do believe that we have become an ummah that only reacts. Last week, it was intentional to not dedicate a khutbah for Palestine because that's what everyone expected. People want something to happen and the mosque or the Imam to be a media outlet to present that which has taken place. And I feel that this is what has taken place with our Ummah. That something happens, we react to it, we live with it for a few weeks, and then we forget it. Palestine has been occupied for tens of years, 60 to 70 to almost 80 years of occupation. It's not something that just came about an issue that continues to rise and preventing people from praying in Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. It's an ongoing issue. And I do feel as an ummah, we really need to restructure and redesign the way we think and how things are approached. I would like in this khutbah, brothers and sisters, to speak about a few ayat that I find very interesting and lessons that we may learn as an ummah. And as we continue to remind ourselves and my brothers and sisters that we do not go through problems, we grow through them. And I feel that we just go through problems and we experience them, but there's no personal growth, intellectual growth, spiritual growth, connection to the land that we continue to speak about. It ends there. And that's why our reactions, brothers and sisters, don't go too far. It's funny because people already know that we are people that react and then take a few steps back. People know that of Muslims. People already have that idea and continue to share it that these are individuals that would only react. Just give them a month, they're gonna forget. It doesn't take them long to forget. 
And I feel that that's the issue. That people don't go back to the Qur'an and try to revisit this issue and read what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in Qur'an when what are the lessons to learn from incidents like this. I would like to recite a few ayat where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Palestine, Palestine. And the story of Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. This is not a historical class where we see who deserves it more and this and that and these people are right and that those are wrong and this is haram and what the Muslims should do. I feel that that's our approach in our khutbah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you and I a few lessons to learn where we can begin to pinpoint where we have fallen off and what leads to success, especially when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Palestine and this holy land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Or he says, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ يَا قَوْمِ اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ إِذْ جَعَلَ فِيكُمْ أَنْبِيَاءُ وَجَعَلَكُمْ مُلُوكًا وَآتَاكُمْ مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِ أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَمِينَ Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us and explains that which was said by Musa as Musa approached the children of Israel. Appreciate the blessings that Allah has bestowed on you. Remember Allah for all the Allah and the gifts and the bounties that He has showered you with. Made you into kings. And of course, they were considered as the greatest nation. And this is what Musa والسلام, is telling them. And what this does, brothers and sisters, and what Musa والسلام, wants from this, not to only make them feel good about themselves, where they feel that they own this, and they have some kind of ownership towards it, but reminding them of their connection with Allah, and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. And once a person acknowledges these gifts, brothers and sisters, they begin to rebuild that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that connection of certainty. Of yaqeen, and that's what Musa was trying to build in his people. That they were lacking that understanding of thiqa billah. That with all the miracles they were able to experience, with everything they were able to observe, and all the difficulties they went through, that thiqa was not there. Certainty was not there. Knowing that Allah is present was very weak. It was something that would just cross their minds and just go in from one ear and go out through the other. Look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. From slavery to this, oppression to freedom. You've left Egypt now and this is the land that you can go into. But of course, that thiqa was not there. And for our ummah, this is a lesson that we must learn. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds you and I of the blessings that we have received and continue to receive, but without thiqah, without being certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to His believers. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to the righteous, those whom are deserving. Not only because a person is a Muslim khalas, they get victory. No, it's much more than that. It's a complicated process. But thiqah billah. That I believe in every promise that Allah has made. وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا Who is more truthful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When Allah tells me He will answer my dua, I know. 
for a fact that Allah will respond back to my dua. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked me to have trust in Him as I navigate through the challenges of life and everything that life has to offer, I do believe and I am certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be there for me. If we lack that thiqah in the manhaj that we have, the guidance that you and I received, the book that you and I have been honored with, the prophetic teachings that He sallallahu alayhi wasallam has called you to, if we lack belief in all of that, then this ummah will never change, brothers and sisters. And we find this in the story of Bani Israel, Bani Israel and Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, that they lack that understanding of thiqah, of being certain that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill His promises, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give them victory. And then Musa alayhi salatu wasalam continues and he says, وَآتَاكُمْ مَا لَمْ يُؤْتِي أَحَدًا مِنَ الْعَالَبِينَ Be thankful. With all the negative that you have seen and everything that's going and taking place, brothers and sisters, always be thankful. Because what being thankful does, it's, it's much more, brothers and sisters, than just saying, Alhamdulillah. It allows a person to enjoy the blessings that Allah has given them, which would then lead them to, what, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah is in complete control. He's truly in control subhanahu wa ta'ala. To show that they lack that understanding, is Musa alayhi salatu wasalam continues. He says, Ya qawmi tkhulu al-arda al-muqaddasata allati kataba Allahu lakum, wa la taghtaddu ala adbarikum fatanqalibu khasim. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told Musa to order his people, the children of Israel, to enter the holy land. The land that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for you. Like if you go in, you're going to succeed. Which is clear evidence that they were not there at the moment. You know the argument that people say that, and subhanAllah, it shocks me that even Muslims say this. Okay, historically speaking, do they have some history that shows they're belonging to that land. That's nonsense. Historically speaking, it's completely wrong. You, know, you could speak to the Arabs who may claim that all oh, Palestine is for us. Beyond Islam, this is not to prove that it belongs to the Arabs. But the people of Canaan and other people that occupied the land, the Romans, and a long list of people and armies and civilizations that occupied that land. And even in the Torah, when Allah speaks to Ibrahim والسلام, He speaks to him that I'm giving you the land of the people of Canaan, the Canaanites. This land belonged to them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them to go back, in, to go into the land. So it is clear evidence that this land never belonged to them. Historically speaking, and subhanAllah today, I decided on Googling the history of Palestine. I was like, let me just do it. Let me see what comes up. Allah, brothers and sisters, I couldn't find anything significant or anything that connects Palestine back to, the, to what it was. 1940s, 1920s, 1967, 1965. And that's the history of Palestine, that's it. That's what Palestine is all about. But it shows you that this is a history, brothers and sisters, that or information that continues to be hidden. That which is not publicized, that which people don't even know much about. Where even Muslim youth say, oh, they have, they need to have full access to it. It's something that 
And subhanAllah, it's all based on prophecies and promises that they find in the Torah, but nothing more than that. Sometimes I tell people, it's like, you know, ISIS, when they believe that the world belongs to them, it's the same thing. It's the same ideology that based on holy scriptures and prophecies that we have received, this is the promised land. And if people agree with this, then they must agree to everything else that other people are doing where they consider other people's land as promised lands. So brothers and sisters, what we learned from this ayah is that they were asked to go in, but they did not do so. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us. Because Musa alayhi salatu was salam why wouldn't they enter? Their claim, That in that village and in that city are giants. And you also find this in the Jewish scripture, by the way. This is not only from the Quran. That in that land is giants. And they were afraid to enter that holy land. They were afraid for themselves. And subhanAllah brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also teaching us that what fear can do to people. What fear can do to you and I. To show you and to prove the point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making here. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَالَ رَجُلَانِ مِنَ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْعَمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ مَدْخُلُوا عَلَيْهِمُ الْبَابِ فَإِذَا دَخَلْتُمُوهُ فَإِنَّكُمْ غَالِبُونَ That fear, brothers and sisters, was able to take them over and it was so bad that they were not given the order to fight. That's what may strike fear into people. When you have to go and you have to fight and jihad and these people were asked to walk through the doors. Just to walk through the doors. And if you walk through the doors with faith and belief and certainty, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of the rest. And they did not go along with that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked them to do. They didn't want that to take place. Even though they were given the greatest opportunity. A few points brothers and sisters. There are many opportunities that we receive as Muslims, especially in this country. Taking on that opportunity is something that you find in Quran. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even teaches us in this ayah. Number two, when someone is taken by fear, he or she can no longer move even if that's what's required and things are made very easy, and things have become very simple, and we have access to people, we have access to interfaith groups, we have access to media, we have access with youth that are able to reach out. But when we are dominated with fear, people can't even walk throughout the doors. Even if he or she are receiving the promise of Allah, fear truly destroys a person mentally, spiritually, everything. It just destroys that person where he or she, even if they see the light in the end of the tunnel, they would just stop. And I've mentioned this in the past, where there was a time where Muslims were able to get up where a Tatar took over the Muslim world. And a Muslim was given an opportunity to run and they would wait. A tatari would come and tell that person, I'm gonna go home, get a knife, 
and come back and kill you. And subhanAllah, that person would wait in his place until that person grabs a knife, comes back and kills him. Don't be surprised. Don't say, oh, this is not true. Oh, this is... Don't be surprised. This is what happens when a person is dominated with fear. Why be surprised when someone is given the promise of victory and success with all the miracles that the person has seen? They were able to experience Musa's miracles. They were able to experience the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But fear destroys all of that, brothers and sisters. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then continues to ask these individuals to enter the land. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala nabi al-Mustafa Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi al-Tahirin wa ba'd In times of fear People begin to break apart Communities begin to break Disunity takes place Youth begin to give up their imam, their islam They begin to change their names Even if they were raised Brothers and sisters keep this in mind as parents, always, always brothers and sisters, motivate your children to be strong Muslims. We find Muslims nowadays that whatever, as they say, you know, one person claps and the other person dances. Whatever people do, we just do. In the end of the caravan, empower your children to be proud of who they are. It is very easy for that iman to be taken away if you and I have not yet played that role of confidence with our children. Very easy, and you find that in this story. And for me, this is one of the greatest lessons in the story. That it is very easy for people to slip. If we are the ones who continue to remind them of fear and what's happening and the ummah is falling apart and negative talking and everything that we may feel that this will allow us to grow but sometimes we'll be the ones who would contribute towards that failure. After experiencing Allah's miracles and every miracle that you could ever imagine, they respond back to Musa. إِنَّا لَن نَدْخُلَهَا أَبَدًا مَا دَامُوا فِيهَا فَذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَا إِنَّهَا هُنَا The O Musa, we will never enter, ever. If those people continue to live there, let it happen. We don't care. We want easy access. They don't even want to experience fear even though they were promised victory. And they say something that leads to kufr. To disbelief, O Musa, go you and your Lord and fight alone. And then tell us the results. Look at this. And look at what the Sahaba said to the Prophet ﷺ. When the Prophet ﷺ asked the Sahaba for their support in Badr, they said, Ya Rasulullah, وَاللَّهِ لَا نَقُولُ لَكَ مَا قَالَهُ بَنُوا إِسْرَائِيلَ لِمُوسَىٰ إِذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَا إِنَّهَا هُنَا قَاعِدُونَ بَلْ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ نَقُولُ لَكَ إِذْهَبْ أَنْتَ وَرَبُّكَ فَقَاتِلَا إِنَّا مَعَكُمَا مُقَاتِلُونَ وَاللَّهِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ لَوْ خُدْتَ بِنَا الْبَحْرَ لَخُضْنَاهُ مَعَكَ مَا تَخَلَّفَ مِنَّا رَجُلٌ وَاحِدٌ 
The Sahaba told the Prophet ﷺ, O Prophet of Allah, when he was seeking their help, O Messenger of Allah, we will not tell you what the Jews told Musa, that go you and your Lord and fight, and we will remain in our spots and just wait to see the results. But we will tell you, O Prophet of Allah, go you and Allah, and we will fight by your side. O Messenger of Allah, if you decided to take on the oceans of the earth, we will take it along with you, by your side. And none of us would give that up. None of us would stay behind. And that's what the Prophet ﷺ was able to plant in the hearts of his Sahaba. Not only bravery, but certainty and strength to be proud of who you are. To not lose your identity in the process. To not please people. To not allow your children to speak up when speaking up is required. When we speak about occupation, we should say this is an occup- a land that is that continues to suffer with occupation and oppression. Why do other people say that with confidence? Why do people say Israel with confidence? And we're experiencing to see this. Many people cry and say, Allah, what happened to the Islamic Khilafah? What happened to the Muslims when this happened? What happened? Where were the Muslims? Where are the Muslims today? What happened to the Muslims when Iraq is falling apart? What happened to Muslims when Syria is falling apart? What happened to the Muslims when Sudan broke into two nations? What happened to Muslims and what happened to Muslims? And the list goes on and on. It is the same history repeating itself. And people continue to bring up the same excuses and going back to history and reacting to that which is being said. Brothers and sisters, this is an ongoing journey if we are looking to change the state of this ummah. It's not to give one khutbah or two khutab. That's not enough. But to relive it. And to grow through it, to empower your children, to empower one another. This is for our youth, my brother and my sister, to be proud of who you are. To never take off your hijab. To not think, oh, what's happening? Never take off your hijab. Never give up your identity in school where you say, yeah, I'm not a practicing Muslim. That's what youth are saying. I'm Muslim because my father is Muslim. And you know what? The parents were the ones that raised a child like that. Our parents... I'm Muslim because my father is Muslim. Or will we have children that may say, I'm a Muslim and a proud Muslim. And this is what I believe in. And I'm willing to risk my life for my identity. I will never give up my Islam, even if my neck is put on the line. Not because Islamophobic people, and I'm going to take off the hijab and we're striked with fear and what's happening. Strong people that continue to walk with honor and pride making sure that they are here and they're here to stay and they are part of this community and they are part of this country. Brothers and sisters, there's another lesson that I feel is very important. But of course, time has come to an end. We will talk about it in the next khutbah when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this because this ayah also speaks of one of the main contributors towards success, which I find very important. In the second khutbah, or in the next khutbah, if we are still among those uh, whom are living, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to be part of the next khutbah, insha'Allah. Allah wa sallu wa sallimu ala man ba'athahu Allah wa rahmatah lil'alameen. Haythu umirtum bi salati wa salami alayhi fa qala azza man qayl, inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala al-nabi. Ya ayu alladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. Allahumma fasalli wa sallim wa zid wa barik alayhi wa ala alihi al-athhar, wa sahabatihi al-akhyar, wa ala kulli man ihtada bihadiyah. واستنى بسنته واقتفى أثره إلى يوم الدين